Alright, Monday Night Raw review for December 30th, on my birthday actually. I actually had a chance to go, but I don't know, I'm kind of over going to Raw and SmackDown, honestly. Like, I still do live events, because live events are really fun, uh, and uh, de I'm just definitely more into AEW and New Japan stuff, but I'll, I'll probably go to and, uh, pay-per-views too, I really like doing pay-per-views or NXT, like... I don't know, I'm just kind of, I went to Raw like three or four times, I went to SmackDown three or four times, kind of over it now. This one legit was like 15 minutes away, and I was like, eh, whatever. Uh, I know people that went to it, though, they seemed to enjoy it, but I, I thought this was an okay episode. We got one really fucking good match out of it, so. Uh, Vic Joseph and Jerry the King Lawler welcome us to the final Raw of 2019. Kevin Owens comes out, you know, usual. And he's basically talking about Seth, talking shit about Seth, talking shit about how to attack Rey Mysterio's. Owen blames the attack on Rey for and and losing the U.S. title to Andrade. Owens calls out Rollins. Rollins comes out with the AOP chilling. Uh, Rollins says he's the savior of WWE and he's going to make Owens see that. Owens basically says, you know what, fuck it, let's do it. They start beating the crap out of Owens. Joe comes out to a big pop, clears the ring, beats the crap out of them. Uh, Joe puts Steph in the Coquina clutch until Razor breaks it up. Uh, Owens gets back, fights the two out of them until security comes. Owens ends up hitting a swanton bomb off the turnbuckle to the AOP and the security. Uh, so, pretty good brawl to start off. Uh, back from the break, we get a replay of the brawl. Uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens are shown in the locker room. They're informed that security is here to take them out. Fucking Joe <laughs> tells them, don't touch me or any of you won't be able to move your hands. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, fantastic match. What do you expect? Both these guys are great. And this match, I feel like got the time deserved. It was a much better match than the pay-per-view match, and I thought that match was great. Uh, Black and Murphy start trading shots off the opening bell. They waste no time. You know, they start taunting each other, sitting down here, sitting down there, blah, 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 blah. Trying to speed through this one. <laughs> uh, Black hits a suplex for a one count. Uh, hits him the front face lock. We skip down later on. Black goes on top. Uh, Murphy dodges him, hits some kicks. Murphy rolls up Black on his feet on the rope. But the ref doesn't count it. Uh, Murphy dumps Black to the outside. He holds for his big old dive back in the ring. Murphy hits the high fly double knees from the top. Such a great looking move, but oh. Murphy's knees, man. Those things must be dead by now. Uh, Murphy is selling an injury now. Murphy and Black fight up in the turnbuckle, which leads to Murphy tossing Black down to the mat. Murphy follows it up with a leapy sunset flip into a power bomb for a two count. Uh, Murphy and Black trade a furious strikes back and forth. Black grabs him, hits the Black grabs him, hits the brain buster for a two count. Black misses the black mass. Murphy hits him with a V trigger. They trade roll up attempts. Black connects with another black mass and then hits another black mass for the three count. Great fucking match. Uh, I love no 50 50 booking. Just Aleister Black winning both fucking matches. I'm okay with that. Some people were saying that Murphy lost a tooth in this match. It was crazy. This is a really good match. I definitely want to see one more out of this. I don't know if you give uh, Murphy the win finally or you let it go just three straight Aleister Black. I'm okay with either way, honestly. Uh, hopefully, they're doing something with Aleister Black. They seem to be treating him kind of like a star. So, let's see. Seth Rollins and the AOP are backstage. AOP insists that nobody is kicking them out tonight. Rollins says that he can't believe WWE management asked the, the Messiah to leave. I fucking love Seth Rollins as a heel, man. Security walks over. Rollins tells him to relax because they're going to leave anyway. Uh, Rowan approaches Lana backstage and he's like yelling, why am I not invited to the wedding? And I'm like, what the fuck? 
And then he's just like, we don't care anyway. And then Lana's just like, Lana never says a word. She's just like, ha. Uh, Eric Rowan versus Jabber Kip Stevens. And I, at first I was like, Kip Sabian, what the fuck is he doing here? But it didn't look like it was just the name. Um, yeah, just, you know, Iron Claw, Eric Rowan wins. They try to look in the cage, yada, 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 Eric Rowan. Uh, we go backstage, you know, they're preparing for the wedding. Charlotte comes on the ring. Uh, she cuts a decent promo. She was kind of rambling for a little bit, but saying, saying, she just kept spamming over and over again. I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. I'm like, all right. Uh, okay. Uh, and then she basically does an open challenge and I'm like, Ooh, maybe we'll get someone from NXT again. <sighs> we get Natalia and my eyes rolled to the back of my head so hard. They threw 60 and fell down. I like Natty. Natty is a fantastic wrestler, but I have seen Natty versus Charlotte 759,000 times. I'm not going to lie. This was a really good match. This this was a match that Charlotte needed, I think. You know what I mean? But, ugh. Also, the 24-7 championship and the chase in the middle of the match was stupid. Like, legit, Charlotte just ended up booting Eric Young in the face. I'm like, Jesus, more of the stamp of approval. This guy's dead. But this was a very good match, other than that bullshit. I don't think it needed that. I don't know why they put that in this match. Like, this was actually a really good wrestling match. Uh, Natalia gives Charlotte the set-out powerbomb for a two-con. Charlotte fights back. That's walking over, working Natalia's knees at the beginning of the match. Charlotte goes for, you know, the moonsault. But Natalia blocks it, and Charlotte lands on her feet. They scramble for position. Charlotte catches uh, Natalia in the figure eight. They're really putting over the figure eight, I think, again, because every time she locks that in, it's pretty much death at this point. Before, it was more like the natural selection, but... Or the boot. I remember when Charlotte kept using the boot as a finish. That was stupid. Becky Lynch is backstage. Cuts another great promo on saying how she's putting it all on the line. She will not sign her new WWE contract until she deals with Asuka. I think it, uh, they're working this pretty well. And like I said, I give Becky a lot of shit, but she's doing very fucking good on this promo work so far. In-ring work, hopefully, is better, but she's in there with Asuka, and you can't go wrong with that. Big Bob Lashley, you know, getting ready for the wedding. Liv Morgan basically saying it's going down. Ugh, they ruined that shit. AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, the OC, the only club that matters. They got the mics. They talk about, you know, they beat the Viking Raiders time and time again, and now it's their time for a tag team title shot. Street Profits come on and says, hey, we beat you guys on our debut. We got Street Profits versus Gallows and Anderson. Uh... Again, uh, Street Profits win. Um, I'm okay with that. It just sucks that Gallows and Anderson can't ever be taken fucking seriously. AJ gets thrown out at ringside, too, because he's helping them win. But Ford tags in, hits a frog smash from the top rope, through one, two, three. But after the commercial break, we see the Street Profits celebrating. They briefly talk about Lana and the wedding, the OC, and all that stuff. And they're just saying, you know, we want the smoke. Riders and Hawkins versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, bro. This... I feel so bad for Hawkins and Ryder. I mean, yeah, Hawkins and Ryder, because they're, they're such great talent. They're such great guys, too. Been a Ryder fan since day one. I fucking love Zack Ryder. But Drew comes out to the ramp, cuts a promo, and he's basically, po- like, he is trolling so hard. Like, this is, like, real Drew McIntyre. This dude was, like, legit, like, a charisma fuck. I don't know who shot all this charisma into him. Like, I've always loved McIntyre. I always think he's pretty great on the mic, but I thought this was excellent mic work. He basically comes in and just says, I feel sorry for you guys. I'm going to kill you. He kills both of them like nothing. Claymore, Future Shock DDT, stacks them on top of each other. One, two, three. So happy he's using the Future Shock DDT back. 
they've been pretty much like making McIntyre a god at this point. So hopefully they do something right because that Roman feud to me did not help him. He lost at Mania. He lost multiple tag. Oh, that Roman feud to me killed McIntyre's steam. And then teaming up with fucking the best in the world was fucking horrible. Randy Orton comes out and he does the... the this is the thing people were talking about. Uh, I thought Randy Orton's promo was okay. The stumbling and stuff made it to me more real. You know, he's basically doing the whole thing that Mark Henry did when he faked his retirement. He's basically saying he's going to have to come. He's going to miss WrestleMania. Uh, AJ comes out and he's like trying to torture fucking, um, fucking, uh, Randy. You know, he's playing with his knee. He's making fun of him saying he could take him out at any time. He's not going to make it to WrestleMania. And Orton did all of this. He lied. He stole his way. He basically like, this is like a fucking 15, 20 minute segment all to hit one RKO. I don't know. I feel like this is way... Too much. This is way too much just to get to an RKO. Which you've hit AJ like 700 times in a row with an RKO. Why did you need to like fake a fucking gigantic injury just to hit him with a... I don't know. It was funny. Like, you know, every time they do this stuff, it hits hard. It's good. But I don't know. I just feel like it... I feel like if you would have done all that and hit the puck kick, you know what I mean? And take out AJ for a while, you know what I mean? I feel like that would have been better, but that's just me. Andrade versus Jobber. Uh, fucking Andrade is about to destroy the Jobber, right? He basically beat the crap out of him. He's about to hit the DDT on the concrete. Uh, Ricochet comes down. Then we get Andrade versus Ricochet. A uh, pretty decent match here, but it's so sad. Ricochet is just a fucking Jobber at this point. Way to kill somebody, man. Ricochet uh, hits an inverted DDT, then goes up to the turnbuckles. Alina shoves Ricochet off. Ref didn't see it. Andrade follows it up. Hammerlock DDT. One, two, three. Uh, then we get the wedding. So the wedding is... Uh, fucking shit show. It was entertaining. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of funny. So basically, the wedding is, if I remember right. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I tune a lot of bad shit out. Because the whole time, I'm just like... Come on, Wrestle Kingdom. Come on, Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> so, basically, Bobby Lashley getting married to Lana. We all know it's bullshit. There's a pastor there. A guy comes out saying he's Lana's first husband. She left him for the son of a bitch named Rusev. Now she's leaving him for the son of a bitch named Lashley. Lashley kills his man with a big old choke slam. You know, takes him out. Then... Fuck it, uh, that's son of a bitch, Rusev. Uh, then out comes Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan, then starts talking about, like, you can't do this, I'm in love with you, blah, blah, blah. Everyone thinks she's talking about Lashley. Lashley's just like, I've never seen this woman or done anything with this woman. Then she's like, I'm not talking about you. So now Liv Morgan is a lesbian with Lana, even though they could have done this with Mandy Rose and Sonya, you know, people that actually, that storyline makes sense. You know what I mean? Uh, they did a thing about that in Total Divas, too, where, like, Sonya was devastated that they denied her storyline, which is stupid, because now you're just going to do it with two people that aren't, you know, like that, when Sonya's actually a lesbian, and it would make more sense, and her and Mandy have really good chemistry when it comes to that. But whatever. Raw goes off the air. They start fighting with a cake. Rusev is in the cake. He's beating up Lashley, and I'm like, Rusev, weren't you, like, celebrating you were single or something? And now you're, like, mad and keep interrupting their wedding and stuff? I don't get that at all, but that was, uh, that's raw. 
that's raw. <laughs> it is raw. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'll, I can tell you that. I'm glad I wasn't there. I wish I was there for the Aleister Black and a buddy match, but that's really about it. Alright, SmackDown January 3rd edition. I don't know. This is a meh episode of SmackDown. But I enjoyed all the returns. I felt like I was watching SmackDown and Raw back in 2010. So it opens up with The Miz approaching Daniel Bryan saying, You need to destroy The Fiend. Do it for both our families. You know, all that stuff. But he says he will find a way to get at The Fiend if you fail. But for please, for all of us, destroy this man. I thought it was a really good promo by The Miz. Like I said, when The Miz is around Daniel Bryan, this dude turns into a superhero over Superstar. It's crazy. Um... Uh, main event is Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. You know, a match only we've seen 700 times, so that's fantastic to look up to. Uh, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Sasha Banks and Bayley. Uh, I didn't really care about this match too much. All I know, Dana actually ended up pinning Sasha, which is crazy, with a swanton bomb, so that was cool. I guess give something for, I guess Dana and Lacey are going to do something. Might as well have them win, you know what I mean? Otis is backstage when Mandy walks in. Otis says his mama saw Dolzero destroying the fruitcake. Last week that he gave Mandy. Tucker comes in. He's like, Otis, let's go. And Mandy actually looks hurt. Like I said, this storyline's actually they're putting some time into. It's not that bad. This was probably one of my favorite things of the night. Miz runs into the New Day backstage. And, you know, they're trying to tell the Miz, hey, you get, come on, be happy. We won the most titles. You and me, you know, and Kofi won the most titles in the last decade. And you know what I mean? The message is like, this ain't about titles. This is about a dude coming at my family. And he is just sick and tired of all this shit. And Miz is just like being a straight up dickbag. And he just throws the pancakes on the floor. And him and Kofi are just like, alright, you want to do this? We'll do this. Uh, Sami Zayn comes in. Uh, I mean, Elias comes in singing a song. Trashing Sami Zayn, the revival of Dolph Ziggler and other people. Like I said, they're just going to have this guy come out and sing the song forever. Like, these dudes are never going to fucking wrestle, it feels like. But whatever, that's unimportant in this company. Uh, we see footage of the Revival backstage complaining about the Miracle on 34th Street match they had to do. Oh, Revival, just leave. <laughs> just, just leave. Then, we get greatness. Shorty G interrupts him and tells him, don't let what people say bother them. Shorty G says he embraced who he is and it was the best decision he ever made. Dude, you're not even that short. I don't understand this whole short business with Chad Gable. Chad Gable is a fucking Olympian. He's impressive as all hell. This guy can chaos theory anybody you could think of. But no, he's just a short guy. Who dresses like a fucking broke basketball player. But whatever. The Revival shuts him down. They make fun of him. It's going to be Dash Wilder versus Shorty G. And boy, they'll put butts in seats. Uh, Scott Dawson is on commentary. Uh, Wilder and Shorty go back and forth. Uh, back in the ring, Shorty G steals the win out of nowhere. Dawson hits the ring. Wilder and Dawson beat the shit out of Shorty G until Sheamus comes out. And I was so sad not to hear the old theme music. I was waiting for it. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. Like, I like Sheamus' new music. But his old theme music is fucking fire. Sheamus hits the ring. The Revival leaves. And it looks like he's about to shave Shorty G. And then, no, hits Shorty G with the bro kick. And I'm like... This is exactly the feud I expected. This is reminds me of when Sheamus came back back in the day and he feuded with Dolph Ziggler. Hopefully there's no Kiss My Arse match after this, but we'll see. Miz versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, and uh, this actually wasn't a bad match. I enjoyed this. Big E was at ringside for this one. Koki. Kofi. Koki. Koki Kinky. 
Kofi started off, you know, Miz is just getting more pissed and more pissed. Miz rolls to the outside for a breather. Back in, the Miz turns around to a series of knee strikes on Kofi. Kofi blocks a shot, rolls up Miz for the upset victory out of nowhere. Miz can't believe it. He fucking loses his fucking mind. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns are backstage. Reigns tells Bryan how important this is to him. They ask, basically, if they're both ready. And Reigns says the only ones that are not ready are Corbin and Ziggler. You know, usual Roman Reigns. Great promo work. <laughs> John Morrison comes out. So we got Sheamus. Now we got John Morrison. Morrison comes out of Miz's locker room. He informs the Miz doesn't have anything else to say tonight. And I was like, yes. We got fucking Miz and Morrison back. I'm so fucking happy. Dirt Sheet was my shit, dude. Like, those are some of, like, my um favorite, like, you know, not childhood memories, but, like, younger memories. Going on the fucking internet, watching the Dirt Sheet, you know what I mean? Ugh. Fucking the episode with the Colognes, the Butt Brothers, man. Fucking, oh, anytime they made fun of Evan Bourne being a nerd. Fucking fantastic. I legit, I can, like, oh, the fucking Triple H episode of Kozlov. Uh, the Dirt Sheet is fucking awesome. That Those are memories that have stuck with me. This is, like, being, being younger till now. Drew Gulak comes out, and I, you know, it's Gulak. Really talented guy who's been putting on some banger matches in NXT and 205 Live and pay-per-views, but... Nah, he comes out, gets destroyed by Otis, basically. He also starts making fun of Otis. So, Otis kills him in, like, two seconds. Uh, Otis goes for the middle. Rope hits the Vader bomb for a three count. Tucker celebrates with Otis. Braun Strowman versus Cesaro. And Cesaro's back to... This guy changes ring gear more than I fucking blink. Jesus Christ. I really like the pants and the leather jacket. Now he's just back to his regular ring gear. I'm like, shit, dude, if you're gonna bring back something, bring back the fucking Suzuki... Outfit with a towel. Uh, I even said, not bad. I expected more crazy Cesaro strength shit out of this one. I feel like I wish these good guys can have an actual serious match. But back in the ring, Sammy causes distraction, leaving Cesaro dropping Braun. Cesaro looks for the neutralizer. Braun reverses into the running power slam for a three count. Immediately, the Markamora comes in like two seconds and hit the fucking Kinshasa. Fucking Sammy and Cesaro retreat up there. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. This match was fucking basic as fuck, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know if it was just me. I'm just sick and tired of seeing Roman, Ziggler, and Baron in a fucking ring together. Bryan is the exception because Bryan can just make anything fucking gold. But, ugh. So, they go at it. Uh, the, the, and the Fiend is coming in and out of here, too. So, we'll get here. Uh... Brian comes in, he lost, just seeing Brian and Ziggler is the only thing that makes me happy about this match. Uh, Brian comes in, locks him in the yes lock, but he reverses it, then he locks him in the yes lock again. Reigns takes him out with a spear, Ziggler super kicks Reigns, Ziggler misses a zigzag attempt on Brian. Um, and Brian answers back with a running Mazinku knee, before Brian can pin, the lights go out, the Fiend is right then and there, Brian looks at him. Fucking no fear, runs at him, hits the fucking dive, fiend no cells. He puts the Brian in the mandible claw on the ringside. He slams Brian through the fan barricade. Lights go out. When they come back out, the fiend is gone. Trainers are out checking on Brian. Reigns comes in to check on him too. Corbin and Ziggler just try to beat up Roman Reigns. Roman and Ziggler have handcuffs, the dog food, you know, their signature calling. That's fucking great. 
They cuff Reigns to the thing, you know, in the ring. And who makes the return? The Usos with some haircuts up in here. Usos basically destroy the crap out of Corbin and Ziggler. And the winner are by DQ or Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler. Like I said, a lot of returns, a lot of people I like, but I just just hate SmackDown. Like, uh, Raw's at least better than SmackDown, which is sad. This move to Fox has been nothing but horrible, but hey, what are you going to do about it? At least we got Sheamus, Morrison, and the Usos back. I'll take that shit any other day. All right, we got AEW, and uh, this was a good episode of AEW. We had Cody versus Darby Allen. We had a four-way for the women's title. Trent versus Mox ended up being a nice surprise. Sammy versus Dustin actually wasn't that bad. MJF with another killer promo, and the Elite and the Lucha Bros and Pack. Uh, but we started off with Cody versus Darby Allen. This was the rematch that Darby Allen wanted because the first match ended in a twenty-minute time limit. Uh, I liked it a lot more than their first match. I don't know if that was just me. I liked the way Darby Allen was wrestling. He was very aggressive. Arn Anderson was out with Cody. He is now the, I don't know, executive producer of the Nightmare family. I, I don't know. I feel like Cody just fucking throws anything out there. Uh, Darby was doing a lot chain wrestling in this match. I feel like he was trying to prove a point to Cody, which I like. He hits a crazy looking suicide dive. Like he just fucking murdered Cody. Uh, then he started working over the arm the whole entire match. He takes the turnbuckle off. Darby slams Cody's arm into it. Uh, Cody with an impressive reverse superplex from the top rope. He used to do that before, too. I've always loved that move. Uh, Darby with a mid-rope mid code red was pretty impressive. Uh, finally, he goes to hit the coffin drop like he did in their first match to Cody on the apron. But this time, Cody does not move out the way. The man gets coffin drop on the apron. I thought that should have been the end of it. He should have pinned Cody, honestly. But Cody don't take no L's. We all know that. Come on now. Come on now. But Cody hits a sick looking crossroad where he like, Darby sold it like a million bucks. I always say Kenny and Cody Bushi have the best crossroad sell, but I think this might have topped all of them. He legit like tombstoned himself. Cody ends up getting a roll up, getting the win, which... LOL, Cody wins. Uh, oh, my God. I love Cody Rhodes, man. I really do. I like him, but whew, this dude is winning way too much. Next up, Fatal 4-Way for the women's title. Nyla Rose versus Hukaru Shida, my, my favorite right there, versus Britt Baker versus Riho. Good to see Riho back. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Shida is just too dead. Like, Shida is in a league of her own when it comes to these four women. You know what I mean? Like, Rio's good, too. But, like, Sheeta is just, like, making them just look like they're amateurs. It's crazy how good Sheeta is. But I really enjoyed this match. I thought this match was very good. A lot of action. Probably my favorite women's match to date. Next to the fucking Amy Sakura and the Rio match. Uh, Nyla gets the tables. Nyla actually really impressed me in this match. I am not a fan of Nyla Rose. I'm going to tell you that right fucking now. I think she's very botchy, you know what I mean? But I thought she did great in this match. Like, really, really crisped up. Go, got, got the tables. Was doing, hit this nice draping knee on Sheeta that was fucking fantastic. I give Nyla Rose a lot of props in this match. She keeps up this performance. Shit, you got a fan right here, you know what I mean? Uh, does impressive fucking strength that they didn't bring up on commentary. Sheeta ended up picking up Nyla Rose like three times. One time she had like a fucking Mitsunoku driver out of nowhere. That was fantastic. Uh, Sheeta gets put through the table by Nyla Rose. Riho steals the win on Britt Baker with a roll up. 
Nyla beats the shit out of her, splash from the top rope through a table. That looks so rough on someone like Riho, man, who's like five pounds. That looked crazy. So they're saying they don't know Riho's condition going into the title match. So even more reason, I think, for Chris Statliner to win, honestly. But we'll see. Trent versus Mox ended up being a fantastic match. Probably my second favorite match of the night next to Cody and fucking uh, Darby. I thought Cody and Darby had a really good match. This was just a really good AEW, as usual. But Trent and Mox, Trent hit a fucking devastating pile driver. So sad to see a move like that not get a pinfall, man. Oh, God. So, such a bummer. Such a bummer. <sighs> Moxley fucking ends up killing fucking poor Trent with a clothesline. He just ran him fucking over. Orange Cassidy and Moxley have what I like to call a hands in the pocket off. But if you, Orange Cassidy comes in, distracts Mox, puts the hands in the pocket. Moxley puts his hands in his pocket and just starts like pelvic thrusting like a maniac. Uh, Mox hits the Death Rider on the outside of the ramp. Big dud. Rolls him back in. He plays through the crowd. You know, the crowd's going nuts. One more time. Elevated Death Rider. One, two, three. Trent continues to be the jobber to the stars, but I feel like he had a really good performance here, and Trent is so underrated. It's crazy, but Moxley, you know, he's the number one contender, so you got to make him look good. Sammy versus Dustin ended up being a nice little surprise, too. I thought this match was going to be okay, but Dustin can go, man. Dustin is still crazy good. Sammy Guevara is becoming one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW and all of wrestling. Fucking crazy Canadian destroyer on the fucking apron. That was insane. Did not need to see Sammy get a wedgie, though. Did not need to say that. <laughs> uh, Big Hurt was helping Sammy the whole time, trying to get advantages. Big Hurt comes in, lows, blows. Uh, fucking, uh, Dustin Rhodes. Sammy gets the win, which I'm very happy with. Because I, I legit think this guy has, like, one win in his whole career. Maybe two. You count AEW Dark, but this guy needs wins. Like, what the hell is going on here? MJF cuts another great promo, and he finally tells us the condition for Cody Rhodes to fight him. Condition number one, Cody Rhodes cannot touch him till the Revolution pay-per-view. If he even makes it to that match. Uh, second condition, he has to fight Wardlow. Wardlow's debut, our boy Wardlow, in a steel cage match, which I'm like, fuck, they really don't have Cody beat Wardlow in this first match. <sighs> uh, also, if Cody loses to MJF, he's going to get 10 whippings, or lashes, as they called it. The whole time, I'm just thinking of the fucking yappapie strap of Hulk Hogan. But, great promo by MJF. Um, get to see Wardlow in action in a big high-profile match in a steel cage, so that should be something. It's fucking Wardlow, niggas. Go. Uh, the Elite and uh, the, the Elite consisting of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omegs versus the Lucha Bros and Pack. and uh, this is a great action-filled match, you know, crazy matches. The Elite always puts on fantastic matches, and get the Lucha Bros and Pack in there. Come on, bro. A great match. Kenny and Pack are just fucking gold. Also, love seeing Kenny in there just with uh, Pentagon, because, you know, that great match they had it all in was also fantastic. Uh, Black Arrow hits, but Young Bucks end up making the save, but that was a really good near fall. I thought Pac had it. Uh, V-Trigger, one-wing danger to Phoenix. Done, one, two, three. The Elite has a dominating win over the Lucha Bros and Pac uh, to start the year off. Cody comes out. They're all celebrating. Hangman was at commentary the whole time, drinking. This is his new gimmick. He drinks on being the Elite. 
And they're just like, come on, Hangman, let's go celebrate. And Hangman's just sitting there going, no, I didn't do nothing. That's all you guys. I'm good. He's distancing himself from the Elite, so... Interesting stuff there. Interesting stuff. But I thought this was a great episode of AEW. I thought there was a lot of strong matches. I think every match pretty much delivered. MJF delivered on his promo. So good stuff by AEW as usual. Oh, man. Wrestle Kingdom 14. Day one. Done. And what a great show. Clocked in about, I think, uh, four and a half, maybe five hours. Ah, uh, man. But just... Oh, so many great matches on day one. It's kind of like crazy to think that they're going to do this all over again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Uh, favorite match of the night. Going to say it right from the start. It's a uh, fucking... Uh, it, it's a, it was a hard one to pick. Cause, you know, But it's definitely got to be Hiromu versus Osprey. Probably my favorite match. Uh, second favorite match. Main event. Uh, third favorite match. Would be uh, the Texas Death Match, and then fourth would be uh, Jay White and uh, Tetsuya Naito. But I really like the tag team match too. Um, it's crazy because it's just just a lot of good matches that I really liked. But uh, there was a pre-show match. Sadly, the Stardom match did not air. I was pretty uh, pissed about that because I'm just like, damn! I was actually looking forward to seeing that match. I hope they bring it in later on. You know what I mean, or something. So, but I'm definitely interested in like. You know, I hope they do more stardom stuff on, like, you know, Japan shows. I think that would just be cool. But there was a pre-show match with some young boys or something. Uh, again, I did not catch that. I don't even know if it aired, honestly. Because I started watching right when um, Liger came out. Because I took a nap and I woke up. And I woke up just in time when I made uh, Liger's entrance. I was like, good fucking timing, right? <laughs> Uh, but basically, Liger had, like, a Legends match. There was, like, fucking... Everybody you could think, fucking the great Sasuke was there. I was like, yo, what the fuck? We had the great Sasuke. We had Tiger Mask. We had fucking Tsumi Fujinami. Jushin Thunder Liger. I was like, oh, wow. What the hell is crazy? Taguchi was, like, the weirdest guy to see there. Because Taguchi's probably, like, the youngest guy there. And he's not even that young. I was just like, oh, look, it's Taguchi. I love Taguchi, man. I'm always, man, funny. But... Basically, this was just, like, a fun little match of, like, you know, all the old guys hitting all their old shit, which was cool to see. Like, it, it, they didn't embarrass themselves at all. They all looked great. You know what I mean? And they all hit their shit. So, I'm like, what more can you want? You know, Liger hit his shit early. My boy got the stretch. <laughs> Romero special, everything in early. But I was shocked to see Liger actually lose this match. Liger ended up losing to Taguchi. I was super fucking shocked. Um, I thought Liger was definitely going to win, like, you know, the old, I, I even called it the old head match. Fucking, um, still crazy to see fucking, Fuji, fucking, uh, Fujinami. I'm like, dude, this is the fucking dude that fought Ric Flair back in the day, like, Jesus. But, I'm telling you, these guys, man, these guys are old, but these guys are built to last, like, like I said, no one embarrass themselves they were all like 50 you know 60 plus and legit Taguchi was the only one I think not in his 50s at least and maybe Tiger Mask might be like 49 but it was crazy because I'm just like these guys went in there and hit their shit man like I expected a little bit of a train wreck when I saw everybody I'm like oh boy you know what I mean but I'm like no everyone fucking um Fucking did what they had to do. 
Uh, like I said, Liger took the pinfall loss here to Taguchi, which I'm like, eh. If it had to be to somebody, I guess Taguchi, he's the younger person in the match. Uh, I just really kind of wanted Liger to win this match. You know, I wanted him to do the fucking Shote and do whatever he's got to do, but uh, I understand. Going to probably lose both matches then. I know he's definitely not winning uh, the next match, you know what I mean? I like that too. I don't know. I really kind of like this Wrestle Kingdom two-night thing. Because I was watching tonight, and when it was over, I'm looking like, oh, it's not over, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't end yet. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just excited. Cause I'm just like, all right, it doesn't end yet. So, that was that. Uh, we get Suzuki Goon, Zack Sema Jr., Fucking Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, Tai Chi El Desperado versus Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sonata, Evil, Shingo, Takagi, and Bushi. Yo, Bushi's mask game, my guy. Ain't no one could disrespect Bushi's mask game. My boy looked fucking awesome. Fucking, I thought he had the best gear <laughs> in the match. I'm just like, yo, my boy looks cool. Uh,. Cool to see him Nor Suzuki. I always love fucking seeing Suzuki on there. Or just watching his classic matches, man. Just watching the, the fucking match with AJ Styles. That's one of my favorite, one of my G, favorite G1 matches to go back to. Uh, this match was kind of like, you know, it was there. But fucking, um, it had everyone I liked, so. But it was crazy. Crazy. Zack Sabre Jr. ended up getting the win. By tapping out fucking Bushi, he tied this motherfucker up, man. Just with his legs, tied him up. He was flexing while tapping him out. I really thought for sure Los Ingobernables were going to win. Because, like, I don't know. I don't like... I never really liked them as a unit losing. Because, like, you look at that team, and that's a team of badass men right there. You got fucking Evil, Sonata, fucking Bushi, and fucking uh, Shingo. Like, come on, dude. But this is actually a fun little match. Oh, but, I don't know, man, Zazora's, it, I, I just feel like Suzuki is coming to an end, sadly, you know what I mean? And it makes me sad, because I'm just like, come on. I don't know, I just feel like Suzuki's, like, not going to be there for too long, but, again, awesome to see everybody. Everyone got their shit in, you know, the usual. Fucking Shingo is fucking crazy. It still bothers me how this dude wrestled. As a junior heavyweight, he came in as a junior heavyweight. I'm like, this guy's fucking huge. Like, what the hell? It's crazy. But yeah, sick tap out, fucking by uh, Zach Zeba Junior. And uh, the rivalry continues between him and Sonata. I'm pretty sure Sonata is going to win, but at the same time, it's just weird. Zach Zeba Junior. You're losing that title, but he lost it to Tanahashi too. So. I don't know, I feel like it would be a good bone to throw at Sonata. Like, you know, they keep building it up. He's never won a singles title, which is a fucking crime. You know what I mean? I already said Sonata should have been, like, at least IC champion by now, but. Next. Oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> okay, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning reviewing this right after. Uh, we have Chaos. Hiroki Goto, fucking Ishii, Toriano, and Yoshihashi. Everyone's favorite jobber. Uh. <laughs> I love Yoshiaji, but my boy taking L's. Versus Bullet Club, Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi. Oh, man, what that? That girl he comes out with, man. <laughs> What's her fucking Instagram name? Her Instagram name, I think it's like Muffin Ass. Fantastic. And Chase Owens. Uh, fun little match here, you know. Fucking Goto 
coming in like the fucking man, fucking Love Goto, fucking Ishii wrecking people's heads off, Toriano being the fucking dumbass that he is, Yoshihashi being solid, Kenta's on a whole other fucking level, like I said, I, I don't know what the fucking hell Kenta has done, but this guy has elevated his game to a whole nother level, I'm telling you, it's like crazy how much WWE can hold someone down, it's like this guy had so much hype coming in, and even me, I'm just like, it's fucking Kenta, like, you know what I mean? Like, I used to see this guy punish, like, Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan and all that shit. And fucking, again, this is just a fun match. Uh, I, I enjoyed it because, like, I like these guys, so. You know, seeing them kind of chase around. Like I said, the six-mans and the four-mans, you know, you know, like the eight-man tag team matches, I'm not the biggest fan of, but it's a, it's a way to get the guys in the show and to get to hit their shit, you know what I mean? So, uh, Chaos got the win. Which I'm like kind of shocked me because I really thought for sure Kenta was going to get the win. Because I'm pretty sure Kenta's dropping the title to fucking Goto. I feel like Goto's finally getting his fucking steam back. Uh, fucking exactly. Where was my Bullet Club tracksuit? I'm over here waiting for mine. You know what I mean? Fucking, uh, but these two rugby guys came out. Never understood how rugby is popular in Japan, but I guess it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess it is. Yo, yeah, Kenta's team is pretty good, too, I actually like Kenta's team, and <laughs> fucking, I'm seeing all the jokes, because, you know, you know, Fale's been doing this general shit for a while, and everyone's just like, yo, Fale's ready for World War III, I'm just like, guys, stop, stop, this is not funny, ah, <laughs> uh, but, fucking, uh, yeah, fucking Yujiro Takahashi, man, I swear, Lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> but this is a good match, like I said. Uh, I'm just happy for Goto. Any, I don't know. Like Goto is just that fucking dude, dude. Goto is just that dude that when I see him win, I just get happy. Because I just feel good for the guy. Because I like, fucking love this guy. This guy's fucking great. Well, like I said... Um, you know, they got to throw the tag team matches out there. And now we're getting more to the main card stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I like the tag team matches on the road to events. Because I'm just like, you know, that makes sense. You know, that's what they do. <sighs> but, like, at least the Liger one was kind of different. Because, you know, that brought a collection of, like, everyone together. You know what I mean? But then we get to Finn Juice over here. Uh, I thought this was a great match. This was probably the best match to this point. Mm -hmm. Was a fucking um, fucking uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson actually beating the Gorillas of Destiny? We got new champions, and I did not see that coming at all. I really thought God was gonna dominate. I love how they were talking about how you know both guys in God had no singles matches. Tamatanga did not want to be part of the G One because he just wanted to concentrate on strictly tag team shit. But this get this this match was good. It had good heat. It kept tricking me because I was so sure the Gorillas of Destiny were winning. Uh, one of my favorite spots where fucking Juice started going hams with the left hand of God. He went for the left hand of God, and uh, I think a uh, fucking uh, Tangaloa blocked it. Then he went for the right hand of God. That was cool. And then uh, fucking um, Tamatanga came in. He got the left hand of God, and then fucking Pulp Friction. Fucking, and yeah, Finn Juice did it, and I'm very fucking happy for Juice, because it's another title on this thing, but I'm even doubly excited for uh, David Finley. David Finley has been 
so fucking underrated. This guy's really fucking great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just always thought he was really cool. Fucking very solid worker. I loved his rivalry with Switchblade when Switchblade was the U.S. champion. I, I thought that was really good stuff, how they build up to the young boy thing, and Switchblade always destroyed him. You know, he never had the one win over Switchblade, and it kind of went that way. Oh, my God. Juice, though. What the fuck? Juice. Juice. My guy, that mustache gotta go. You need to bring back the fucking dreads, man. He needs to bring back the dreads. <laughs> oh, my God. My boy's channeling his inner Hulk Hogan up in here. Uh, again, uh, Gorilla's Destiny. I expected them to get a special entrance because they always come out with some sick-ass shit, but uh, nah, no special entrance. I'm just like, that, that's crazy. I feel like fucking G.O.D. never wins at Wrestle Kingdom, though. I don't know. That's the only thing. I'm just like, come on. Fucking Tomatongo comes in. He takes the cameraman. Tell him to suck his dick. I'm just like, all right, we living out here. <laughs> Tomatongo's out here. I was waiting for Enzo to come out and get his ass beat by Tomatongo. <laughs> I was just like, yo, come on, bro. Let's go. Yeah, but just to see David Finley actually fucking like, you know, get get something. I feel like he's deserved it because like this guy is been there for a long time too and fucking um i don't know he's just been in a lot of work and uh this is a really good tag team match like i said i was super invested because i really thought god was just gonna fucking destroy these guys honestly but it was good to see it was good to see an upset new champions and i kind of like this whole fin juice thing and maybe we might get juice to be double champion you know what i mean which i think would be fucking fantastic for him that's what i'm predicting it's for Juice to win the U.S. title also, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, next was the IWGP United States Championship on the line. John Moxley, the fucking Death Rider. God, it's so good to have him in Japan. I just I just love Moxley in Japan. I love the whole Death Rider gimmick. That theme is fucking fire, man. I love this New Japan theme. That's probably one of my favorite theme songs of like last year. Whole time though, I was so sad. Uh, fucking Shuta didn't come out with him. I'm just like, yo, where's Shuta at? He's coming out. Uh, Lance Archer comes out. He has really cool ring gear, you know. Comes out like a boss, like always. Poor young boys. He, this dude destroyed these young boys. Oh my god, he slapped one of them so fucking hard. He slapped one of them so hard <laughs> that I thought this dude died. I was just like, yo, he's fucking dead. <laughs> but. Uh, this was a good match. Um, uh, like, I don't know. Like, it's weird. I don't know what I expected. Because it was weird. It was it was like a Texas death match. You know, I heard death match. And I'm like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. After watching that shit with Kenny and Mox. I'm like, please don't do any of that again. Because I, I thought it was way too soon for Mox to be doing shit like that again. So I'm glad they didn't go all crazy ham like that. They kind of had more of a traditional last man standing match. Because it was a 10 count or a submission. No pins, though. Which I thought was kind of unique. I thought that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Uh, fucking, I love, too, when Mox automatically comes to Japan. My boy just starts, I don't know, he just gets a better moveset, too. He gets the regal knee, you know what I mean? He does. He just does more stuff. That's why I like Moxley more in Japan. He just, I don't know, I just feel like he, like, goes more along because I feel like he has a point to prove sometimes, you know what I mean? 
Oh, and also the amount of currency in this match is fantastic. I felt like I was watching a G.O.D. match. <laughs> Again, uh, the amount, uh, I love how both guys, fucking Archer comes in, he just looks at Moxley and just gives him the fucking finger. <laughs> he just goes to pose. Fucking, God, the kendo stick shots were fucking crazy in this match. Fucking, Archer was giving kendo stick shots to Moxley right in the chest that looked pretty fucking horrible. And then... Oh, man, Moxley takes the kendo stick, and he starts beating the crap. Like, legit, no hands, no nothing. He just starts wailing on fucking uh, Lance, uh, fucking Vance Archer's head. Horrible. Oh, my God. I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking uh, awesome spot where he fucking chokeslams a young boy on top of Moxley. I'm just like, yo, have you ever just been so mad? You just want to throw a human being at another being? <laughs> this dude, bro. Fucking also, man. Fucking Archer's theme song is fucking fire, man. It's crazy. Uh, fucking, there was a spot here with the fucking, uh... Uh, this was a weird spot, but I kind of liked it because it was just fucking... I don't know, it was just so fucking different. So fucking, you know, Archer's going in, you know, they're uh, hitting him with the trash can shots, throwing chairs at each other's head, they're going all this shit. He takes out a fucking grocery bag, like a little tiny grocery bag, and I'm like... Yo, is he gonna put that fucking over his head or something? So he puts it over his hand and he gives him the claw. But it didn't look stupid, you see, because usually this would be look stupid if they fucked it up. But he actually put the bag like perfectly over his head and it actually looked like Moxie couldn't fucking breathe. So I thought that was really fucking I don't know, I just thought that was really fucking different. I'd never seen that before, and it made sense with the claw, and you know, and he was trying to like choke him the hell out, so he stays down. But fucking, um, uh, ending spot of the match was fucking awesome. It was a perfect way to end this match. Um, fucking, it was the Death Rider. He gives him a quick Death Rider. Doesn't get the job done. Also, Moxley's selling in this match is fantastic. And I loved the way how he dragged that 10 count. Like, there was a spot where he was getting counted out. You know what I mean? He, he put his legs kind of weird. But he still wasn't up, and he ended up just sliding back, getting up, and he just gave him fucking Archer the double finger. I thought that was fantastic. Archer just choke slams him on a chair after that. But basically, uh, Archer ended up losing, which I was kind of shocked by. I thought for sure Moxley was going to fucking lose, but Death Rider DDT onto two tables. Archer's fucking... He got shredded up, man. This dude got cut by something. He was bleeding all over the place. Moxley makes it up to the fucking 10 count. Cuts a promo saying he's going to finish what he started with Juice Robinson. They're one-to-one. Because -one. basically, Moxley debuted and ruined Juice's U.S. title run. But then Juice ruined Moxley's G1 run. So I kind of like how they're telling the story. Like, hey, I fucked you up and I fucked you up. So basically... It's, um, we could have a double champion tomorrow. We could have two double champions tomorrow, which is a thing no one's talking about, of Juice winning the tag team titles and the fucking U.S. title, which I think would be the stamp of approval on Juice that this dude even deserves extra. You know what I mean? Like I said, like I said, uh, I wouldn't mind Moxley keeping the title either because I think Moxley's just fucking... This dude's just killing it, man. This guy is crazy. This dude's just killing it, killing it, killing it. It's crazy. How good this guy is fucking doing, you know what I mean? Like, how is this Dean Ambrose, man? This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> but that match is awesome. I love the match. 
uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship in my match of the night. Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay. Hiromu comes out, you know, got got this crazy fucking uh, Don Flamingo peacock coat on. Uh, fucking, uh, fucking love heel Osprey. Osprey comes out and does his entrance, you know, the whole Rey Mysterio thing where he jumps up in the air. Fucking one of those young boys hands at Osprey his fucking katana blade. He shoves it. And fucking Hiromu's his face and basically look like, I'm going to cut you down. And uh, these guys killed it, man. This was 25, I think, 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure, yeah, 20 minutes on the dot of just some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. This is my match of the year already. You know what I mean? Until something comes around and tries to take it. Osprey was my wrestler of the year last year. Osprey was on my fucking wrestling list every five seconds. Osprey is untouchable right now. And Hiromu... What can I say about this man? I already said this dude should have been world champion a long time ago. This guy's fantastic. Charisma, moveset, gimmick, promo skills. This guy's got everything you could fucking want. And he, this dude came back from a broken fucking neck. And the abuse he took. The double stomps on the neck. The fucking hidden blade. That fucking... Uh, I, I don't know how Osprey doesn't kill somebody with that move. That move is so fucking fantastic. But this was the match of the night. 20 minutes. Fucking Osprey was destroying this man's neck. Hiromu's neck. I kept cringing the whole fucking time. The double stomp on the back of the neck on the fucking apron was nasty. Fucking. Oh, God. It's not like fucking. It's that episode of fucking Family Guy. Nasty. But what a fucking reaction to Hiromu's return and then oh when he won the title too so the whole time they were building up this move that he's kept talking about where he's been you know studying stuff and he's got this move he busted out tonight and he ended up winning with it i also loved how Hiromu did not kick out of the stormbreaker no one has yet to kick out the stormbreaker but he is the only man to fight back from getting hit from the hidden blade he didn't even kick out the hidden blade he just fought back from it which i thought was cool protects that move even more so Hiromu hits a time bomb that's a no-no and then he goes for the secret weapon and I don't even know how to describe this it was like a fucking cradle fucking tombstone pile driver crazy thing I've never seen that move before ever that shit looked crazy it looked like a fucking emerald fusion or fusion whatever you want to call it and uh, uh Osprey's heel work was fantastic he started off I loved how he started the match where he just kind of ran at him. And, you know, every Osprey match, he always starts at 100 miles per hour. And he just said, fuck that. This dude slowed down the match from the start. I thought that was really good. Uh, my favorite spot in this match uh, would probably be the part where they did this crazy sequence. So they did this crazy sequence where Hiromu went for the power bomb, the sunset flip power bomb on the outside. Uh, Osprey blocks it. Hiromu, you know, tries to German suplex Osprey. Osprey lands on his feet. He runs at Hiromu. Hiromu belly to bellies him back in the ring. Osprey uses the momentum to hit the Sasuke special splash up the outside. Oh, what a f- dude. I was like, I got up and I was just like clapping. I'm just like, what a fucking sequence. That was fantastic. Just this match is just great. It's definitely one of the match of the year candidates all over again. Like this dude. Osprey can do no wrong, and Hiromu can do no wrong. Hiromu's a fucking... Dude, this guy's special, man. Both these guys are fucking special. And uh, I love this match. This match is great. Uh, perfect outcome. The perfect guy won. 
Hiromu won, just like I expected. It freaked me out when he lost his tag team match. But they were doing the thing of just like, you don't have it anymore. And Hiromu proved, yes, I fucking do. Uh, fuck it. I also love the way Hiromu hits his fucking shotgun drop kicks. He's just got the best shotgun drop kicks in the business. Because he this man puts his whole body into it. Like, legit. It's not even like, you know, he kind of, like, kicks you off. This dude, legit, you could just see the fucking, like, pressure this man uses to kick somebody. It's fucking crazy. Uh, next, we have IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. Tatsuya Naito versus Jay White. And I'm... Pr- what I, I predicted... My pre- one of predictions came wrong, but I predicted Naito versus Cody Ibushi because my heart just wanted Cody Ibushi to at least make it to the finals, but that didn't happen. But I definitely expected Jay White not to win this match, but Naito's outfit was on point. My boy looking man cool. And this is this is it, man. Naito is over as fuck as usual. And this is I think this is do or die. You got to put both titles on Naito. You got to do it. I think it was a fucking travesty and a crime that he didn't get the IWGP championship last two years ago. You know what I mean? Because that crowd was so pro Naito, it was insane. And, you know, this year he's kind of had like a little weird year where he hasn't been too confident. I know his knees are killing him. And that was the story of this match. This dude got his kneecaps destroyed. Not even the bronze kneecap at this point. Fuck that. But I, I love this match. This this match had really good fucking in-ring work. Like This is the thing I tell people about Jay White. You are going to get a wrestler's wrestling match with Jay White. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to start off slow, but he is going to lead, He's going to put your emotions everywhere. You know, you had the fucking Gato interruptions. You had this dude, you know, copying his pose. Just being a fucking ultimate dick heel. One of my favorite spots... I love how Jay White just blocks the fucking uh, Destino. It's such a dick reversal, too. So, you know, Naito goes for the Destino, which is, you know, the fucking, like, uh, little twisting uh, scorpion death drop, basically. He just sits down. He He just sat down in the middle of the ring, and that shit got such a great reaction. They just started booing the fuck out of him. And fucking, he's just laughing it up, and then Jay White gets kicked in the head, but... Oh, but, excuse me, but I really liked this match. I thought this match was fantastic, you know what I mean? I thought it definitely, definitely picked up, you know what I mean? Fucking, uh, we need a spit counter of how many times Naito spit on Jay White. Jay White did get his revenge, though. Fuck it, where he spit back at him when he was going for the Blade Runner. I also love how Jay White never once hit the Blade Runner. I thought, like, that was cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he kicked out of a couple of Dustinos. But never once did Jay White ever hit the Blade Runner. I thought that was really cool. But uh, I really love the psychology, too, of just, he just kept working that knee. He even kept finding, like, weird ways to hit the knee. He got a low blow in there with distractions. Like, I don't know. I just thought this match really, 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 like, um... Definitely have, like, that, like, stuff that, you know, people don't appreciate as much. Because I always defend the Seth Rollins and fucking um, Triple H match from WrestleMania. That's one of my favorite matches. I love that match. Everyone's just like, why? It was so slow. And I'm like, you guys are missing the point. Triple H legit destroyed this man's kneecap in creative ways for, like, 20 minutes. And this is what it was. It was just fucking Jay White trying to destroy the knees 
of Tetsuya Naito and Naito basically fighting back, telling him "fuck you" and not happening. So there you go, Naito is the new IC champion, and it was really cool because you could tell like Naito is like legitimately fucking happy, which is rare to fucking see. This guy just had like a big smile on his face, like you you, you usually don't get a lot of emotion out of Naito like that. You know what I mean? It's like the dream is fucking alive, but much props to Jay White. We get to see Jay White versus Cody Bushi on day two because Cody Bushi. Oh, I'm so fucking pissed. I love Okada. I love this match. It's the second match of the night for me. Almost first. It was so great. God, I wanted Cody Bushi to win so fucking bad, but definitely uh awesome match i thought naito and fucking um jay white killed it like i said jay white to me doesn't get the credit sometimes he deserves of how good of a fucking wrestler he is but i even said one day he'll get the credit he deserves all right main event time it is kazuchika okada versus kota ibushi in um just a great fucking match what a fucking match uh okada's entrance is fucking awesome he, like, had this weird, like, fucking, like, um, projection screen where he was, like, on the other side of it. Fucking started doing all this crazy stuff. He was holding the umbrella. It was raining on him. And then he fucking broke through the shattered glass. And they dropped down the screen. This fucking in-ring gear was awesome. Fucking Naomi shit glowing the fucking dark. But the way, I don't know, it just looks so cool with the white. I don't know. I, I just thought that was fucking awesome. And uh, Cody Bushi just comes out. You know, he's Cody Bushi. He gets an altered version of his theme, which sounds really cool. I kind of like this remix a little bit more. And this match, match was... But, man, this match had it all. Ibushi selling. Ibushi's neck. Fucking Okada getting worked over. Okada being the cocky bitch in the beginning. He wasn't really sweating it, and then this man started sweating it. Fucking uh, multiple rainmakers for the win. Uh, fucking crazy tombstone spot on the apron. Cody Ibushi with a sick deadlift German suplex. Crazy fucking spot. I don't even know why Ibushi did this. This dude's crazy. I'm, I'm telling you right now. This dude's insane. There's something wrong with him. He goes for the backflip kick. You know, pay leg, double pay leg that he does. And he lands straight on his fucking neck. Oh my god, that was crazy. Uh, the drop kicks that Okada has fucking hit in this match was fucking fantastic. Oh my god. Such great fucking drop kicks, but. Then we get my favorite part. This is my favorite part. This is why Cody Bushi has been one of my favorite wrestlers for the last like five, six fucking years. I love when Ibushi does this thing where he gets like in the middle of the match, he just loses his fucking mind. He dropped, like, legit, he just, like, loses all emotion. But this was probably my favorite version of it. He does it, like, in big matches. But, you know, it usually goes away quick. But this was my favorite version of it. So, Okada's beating the crap out of him. It's beating the crap out of him. Bushi's not selling anything. He just has this stone look. Fucking. He gives Ibushi a German suplex. Ibushi gets right back up. And just slaps the living hell out of Okada. Gives him a palm strike. Multiple palm strikes. And then he just starts kicking him. Kicking him. Kicking him while he's down. He gets legit. They boo the shit out of Ibushi. This dude legit turned the whole crowd against him. 
of so oh my god like their strong style and then oh my god this guy was just beating the crap out of them he just starts kicking them in the head kicking them in the corner goes down and he starts palm striking them on the floor oh my god and awesome because okada just puts himself in fucking fetal position dude i thought that was fucking awesome to see okada kind of cower like that which i'm like that's fucking cool you know what i mean like oh then they fucking got me so they fucking got me this is why I got pissed off, because I fucking lost my shit. I had to get up and, like, go around going, fuck. So, Ibushi gets hit with the Rainmaker. He kicks out. Reversal attempt. He goes, uh, Okada goes for the Rainmaker again. Ibushi counters it into a Rainmaker of his own. Then this motherfucker kicks Okada in the head. And lands the fucking V-Trigger. And the crowd loses their mind when that V-Trigger gets hit. Oh my god, it's fucking fantastic. He hits the V-Trigger. He's about to fucking end it, you know. Okada's already kicked out the fucking Kamigoya. He's looking for the Kamigoya without the knee. And son of a bitch, Okada pulls it out. Spitting Tombstone. Last Rainmaker, one more. Okada, man, he's... He's that big. He's that big wrestler, man. This dude. In big matches, no one performs like Okada. Like I always used to say, like you know, when they talk about the Kenny Okada matches, no, I feel like no one ever gave Okada the credit he fucking deserves. So it's gonna be Tetsuya Naito against Kazuchika Okada to determine the first ever double gold dash winner, aka you know, dual IWGP champions in New Japan history. Uh, it it's gonna be crazy. Like I. Thought this was a fantastic Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I mean? Um, Liger and, you know, all those guys coming out with um, fucking legends. Everyone everyone was pretty much a fucking legend in that match. That was cool. Uh, you know, the six-mans and the eight-mans, whatever. But it gave us the people I like. It gave me Zack Sabre Jr., Suzuki, you know what I mean? Los Angeles, Bullet Club, Kenta. It gave me all of that. It gave me Goto. So, I was, I, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? The tag team match was a nice surprise. I really did not expect this match to be as good as it was. Like, I love G.O.D. They're my favorite tag team. They have been for a long time now. And fucking... I just didn't expect this match to be so, like, good like this. It was crazy. Uh, Moxley and Archer, not as insane as I thought it was going to be. But I kind of preferred it. Because I'm not a really big fan of the bloody matches like that. I kind of liked that they had a more traditional last man standing match. And Moxley winning caught me man off guard. And, you know, Moxley versus Juice. Those guys had... One of my favorite matches all year. Like, I put that on my fucking list. That match was so fucking good. And uh, Hiromu and Osprey. Match of the year, number one right now. You know what I mean? Good luck, anybody else. I felt so bad for Naito and Jay White having to follow that shit. But they kind of told a different story, and I like that, too. And, uh, like I said, if it wasn't for Hiromu and fucking Osprey, the main event would be my match of the night. I love that match. Fucking... Cody Ibushi is one of the best. Kokata is legit the best. Pound for pound, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, he gives me that AJ Styles vibe, you know what I mean? It's like when I first saw AJ Styles back in the day. I just looked at him. just like, this guy is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Okada, Kenny, Kota, they all give me that vibe. And that was pretty much Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. I cannot wait for Night 2. We got some big, big matches, you know what I mean? Coming up. We got fucking Tanahashi and Jericho. We got Goto and Kenta. 
We got to crown, you know what I mean? The number one contender was the worst fucking, you know what I mean, for uh, the double champion. Which I'm pretty sure whoever wins. I'm, I don't know if I've heard it. I don't know if I'm making it up. But I'm pretty sure they said whoever wins between Cody Bushi and fucking um, Jay White is the number one contender. Like I said, I don't know if I'm making that up. But I, I feel like that would make sense. You know what I mean? Fucking... Um, yeah, so we got Kenta vs. Goto coming up. We got a lot of good matches still coming up. You know, Tanahashi and Jericho coming up. Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata, I feel like, can be a sleeper hit, honestly. Uh, it's going to be a great night. Like like I said, Wrestle Kingdom time is my favorite time to be a wrestling fan because this is where I get the most, like, happiness of wrestling. But uh, I even said that's this review. I even said I'll be back for night two. All right. Here for the Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 review, day two. Uh, another great show. Uh, about the same length of time. I think this one was like 30 minutes longer, I would say. It felt like it. It felt like a little longer, but shit, let's get right to it. Um, uh, I thought this was a very good night. We had a lot of important stuff here. We had the pre-show, crowning new uh, never open weight six-man tag team champions, Liger's legit retirement match. Uh, IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling British Heavyweight Championship match. IWGP US title. Never open weight title. Uh, we got Cody Bushi going along with Joe Jay White, Chris Jericho, and Tanahashi. And then the big main event, the double gold main event. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. This night was really good. I had a lot of matches that caught me off guard that I really liked. But I still, I don't know, I think I might have liked, liked night one more. Just for fucking Osprey and Hiromu. Archer and Moxley and fucking um, uh, Koda and Okada. I don't know, I feel, I feel like night one really stuck with me. But night two also had a lot of great matches. Uh, the pre-show, like I said, started up. The champions were Toby Makabe, Toriano... And Taguchi. Everyone loves Taguchi. Uh, we had the challenges. It was a gauntlet match. And the challenges were uh, Ishii, Yoshihashi, Robbie Eagles, Chaos, basically. Los Ingobernables de Japón, uh, Shingo, Takagi, Evo, and Bushi. Once I saw that team, I was just like, alright, that team wins. <laughs> That's the most stacked team here. Uh, Suzuki Gun, Taichi, El Desperado, and uh, Kumimaru. Uh, Bullet Club, Bad Luck, Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Yo, God bless the, the girl that comes out with Yujiro, man. Oof. Uh, good old Tokyo Pimp. Uh, but this match wasn't that bad. It actually caught my attention. I usually don't tune into the pre-show too much for a lot of things, but I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a go. But, hey, pretty much Shingo destroyed everybody in this match when he came out. You know what I mean? Uh, basically, Los Ingobernables won what I predicted, because I'm like, that's the only team that's, like, makes sense winning, you know what I mean? It's the only team I would really put the titles on that would make it something. Because the Neverweight six-man titles, I've never been a big fan of, but I think they're fun. You know what I mean? I feel like WWE would have benefited that from that. Because, like, if you're going to do six-way matches all the fucking time, there's championships in there. <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee, not Dragon Lee no more. My boy's his own boy. My boy's upgraded. And Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Nakoi Sano and uh, fucking 
Yoki's a Fujita, you know, Fujita Armbar, you know, that guy. Uh, but this was a pretty good match. Uh, I wish it went a little longer. And uh, Liger ended up taking the L once again, which I expected him to in this match. But uh, I like the part where uh, Ryu Lee and Hiromu just started beating the shit out of Liger, started jumping him. And they, they got booed big time for that. Big, big time. But I thought the match was uh, pretty decent. You know what I mean? For Liger's last match, I really... I really wish they would have done one-on-one Hiromu and Liger or like a triple threat with Dragon Lee, uh, Ryu Lee, and, uh, you know, fucking uh, Hiromu. You know what I mean? But pretty much Liger takes the L here. Liger's retirement is on New Year's Dash, which is, you know, uh, it's crazy. Fucking, like I said, I didn't get to watch too much of Liger in the beginning of his career. Of course not, I wasn't alive. But I've grown to like the guy. Like, Liger's always been fucking funny. And fucking that evil Liger form, that's the only thing I wish they would have done. Is fucking use the evil Liger form. Or maybe he'll use it tomorrow in his retirement speech. Maybe he'll beat someone up. Because that's the only thing. I I didn't expect Liger to take the L on both those matches. I feel like he should have done something. You know what I mean? At least get one win. But, you know, old school is old school does. Next match was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match for Punky 3K versus Bullet Club T- Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Fantasmo is legit one of my fucking favorites in the New Japan. This guy has everything, dude. This guy's charismatic. He's funny as hell. He's man athletic. Ishimori is Ishimori. I fucking love Ishimori. How he's like, like a silent killer. And Punky 3K is fucking fantastic. They're a great fucking tag team. They're probably the best junior tag team. Uh, but, uh, Rapunky 3K rushed Bullet Club before the bell rang, you know, trying to get, um, the payback for them stealing their, uh, Junior Tag Team League trophies. Uh, Bullet Club turned the tables, they were, you know, doing the bullshit they usually do. Fucking Ishimori hitting that fucking, that little slide German suplex, love it. Uh, El Fantasma had a springboard backflip onto a back rake, that shit was funny. This guy's just great. This guy is just great. But... You could tell the crowd was a little beat up after seeing uh, Liger's retirement. It took them a little while to get into this match, but uh, Bullet Club tended to go for their own version of 3Ks, you know, finished uh, the 3K, but fucking Show countered it, you know what I mean? Uh, he got out of it. Fantasma tried to get the belt and uh, used the fucking, you know, he went you know, for the usual Fantasma bullshit. He went for the belt, the belt didn't work out, then he went for the super low blow, but fucking... Uh, Yo ended up fucking having a cup on, and Fantasmo's hand pretty much broke. Uh, 3K hit the combination, uh, shock arrow, and the double tag. Basically, did the Lucha Bros finish, but in their way, because uh, Yo, uh, Yo does a different type, I mean, Sho does a different type of power driver. And uh, pretty much it. Uh, that was like, I think that was like 15 minutes. They actually gave the match a little time. I didn't expect this match to get time at all. I thought it was going to be like a fucking, you know, 100 miles per hour. Boom, 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 boom. But this is a great match. Fantasmo's the shit. I'm a little bummed out they lost, but 3K, pretty much, it was set up for 3K to win. Like, you know, 3K deserved it. It would have been stupid to kind of have them lose because they would have been kind of loser baby faces. Uh, but next is Revolution Pro Wrestling British Heavyweight Championship match. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. And I was torn, man, because I love both these guys. I'm a big fan of both these guys, but it's fucking... Love Zack Sabre Jr. Love his fucking theme. Sonata's just... Fuck, Sonata's just cool, man. Like, that, that's one of those wrestlers... You can show somebody and they'll be like, Man, this guy's cool, you know what I mean? 
Uh, the match was straight up just all mat wrestling. It was just counters and counters and pins and pins. Good stuff. Uh, Zack and Sonata traded control on holds on the ground. Uh, Zack is getting more pissed and pissed and pissed that, you know, he's not doing it as easy as he thought he would. Because he, he's basically said he was going to make this look easy. The, the goal was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. has been promising to tap out Sonata. Because, but remember, Sonata has never tapped out Zack Sabre Jr. So I kind of like the story going into this. It's basically like who's the better technical wrestler. Sonata took the match to a stand-up and Zack said, nah. Zack tried to fight back. They did a fucking uh, exchange at the end. Zach, Sonata, I mean, Sonata tried to, you know, roll up Zack. Zack caught him with a Japanese leg roll clutch to retain the British Heavyweight Championship. And basically, Zack got the sneak win with the roll-up. Sonata was pissed after the match. But right away, Zack was a little slimy little bastard. He started sliding out, you know, laughing, talking his bullshit. But he could not tap out Sonata. Tried as he could. He tried real hard. Still did not tap out Sonata. I enjoyed this match. Um, like I said, I could have gone either fucking way. You know what I mean? But I feel like that, you know, British Heavyweight Championship is going to die with Zack Sabre Jr. As it should. You know what I mean? Uh, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, this match, man, this match. I'm going to say it right now. I'm probably going to get... I'm probably going to get... People saying, what the hell is wrong with you? But this was my match of night, too. I love Juice Robinson and John Moxley's chemistry together. I know this match wasn't that long, but I, I just love this match. I love fucking... I just love this match. I love their feud, how he came in, robbed them of his U.S. title, and then he robbed them of the G1. Like I said, I, I thought this was my match of the night. Next to fucking... Believe it or not, I actually really liked Tanahashi and Jericho, too. Next to Tanahashi and Jericho, this was probably my match of the night. Like I said, Naito and Okada, they had a fantastic fucking match. But I don't know, it was just something I was so into this match. Because I just love Juice Robinson and Moxley's chemistry. So, you know, Juice Robinson looking funny and all that shit. He fucking rushed Moxley when Moxley made his entrance. He was beating the shit out of him. Fucking Moxley just won that title 24 hours. He basically would have been the shortest reign ever. But Moxley got pissed and he went off chairs. Everything. He was going through fucking... He was bringing out all the stops. You know, the referee is just like losing his mind going, What the fuck are you guys doing? Come on, get in the ring. Uh, he started dominating. Juice uh, was coming in. He was coming in to hit Juice with a chair. He ended up hitting the left hand of God. That looked fantastic. But fucking, uh, Juice was coming in. Ooh, oh, sorry about that. Like I said, tired, tired watching Wrestle Kingdom and, <laughs> and not being tired. So fucking, they were going in, and I fucking love this part of the match. So they go in, they're beating the shit out of each other. Moxley hits him with a regal knee. He basically said, this shit's fucking done. Hits him with a quick death rider after that. He basically, you know, he's calling it off, saying this guy's done. Uh, Juice gets up, hits him with the left hand of God, misses. Hits him with the right hand instead, gets him. Hits him with the left hand of God, looks him right in the eye, hits him with another left hand of God. About to go to pulp friction. Uh, Boxley turns it around, hits a Death Rider. Doesn't let go of the grip, gets him up again, hits the elevated Death Rider for the win. I thought that exchange at the end was fantastic. I uh, fucking loved Moxley. 
fucking telling Juice to hit him. Just he kept saying, "Come on, just hit me, hit me, tell me what you got." And Juice let smacks the living fuck out of him. They start beating the crap out of each other. I just love these guys. I can legit see these guys wrestle forever. I I was very shocked that Juice lost. I thought we were gonna get two double champions, but I guess they didn't. I guess that would have taken away from Naito and. I'm fucking excited. Moxley is staying in Japan. Like, that that was Moxley's last date, apparently, what some people were saying. I'm fucking happy as hell. We get to see more Moxley on New Japan. Dude, I'm telling you, this guy has something else when he's in Japan. His moveset's so much better. He's getting some cool backbreakers. The fucking clotheslines is this guy. He's just so much better in New Japan. Like, I wish he could just stay there, honestly. Like, he's really good in AEW, but it doesn't compare, honestly, in that theme, that entrance, everything. Then... This is why. This was my match of the night extra. So Moxley's popping off, saying he owns Wrestle Kingdom. He's talking all that shit. And then you hear the king himself, Minoru Suzuki's music starts playing. And I kid you not, this fucking place explodes. People are going nuts. Moxley looks at him just like, ah, fuck. Fucking Minoru Suzuki is happy as hell. This guy is coming in. I thought it was also perfect. Commentary was just like, you know, the U.S. title's got some tough-ass, you know, motherfuckers and contender. And then comes out the toughest motherfucker in the whole company. So he takes off the pants. He takes off the whole tracksuit. He comes in. Moxie looks him in the eye. Fucking Suzuki takes him down. Fucking choke him. Suzuki-style pile driver. Oh, my God. He grabs the fucking U.S. title. And we're finally going to get the match. Suzuki versus Moxley. Moxley, I'm sorry, but you are going to die. (laughs) Suzuki is going to fucking kill you. And I cannot wait for every second of it. These guys are going to kill each other, dude. Like, it's going to be crazy. This this was my whole moment match of the night. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Neverweight Open Championship match. Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. Uh, I really like this match. This match really picked up. And the ending sequence again. The ending sequence sold this match for me. So fucking... Kenta kept trying to, you know, be a dick. Left in a way. Kenta is just... Deserves heel of the, the fucking year at this fucking point. Oh, man. It's so sad we didn't get to see Shibata. Or any even mention of Shibata or nothing. So basically, you know, they're being the crap at each other. Going down on each other. Godo's just trying to hit that fucking GTR as desperately as he can. Goto lost his patience at this uh, fucking thing. So they started like chain wrestling and Goto just said fucking he just beat the shit out of it. He was so tired of fucking uh Kenta just running away, call running away. Fucking Kenta briefly countered with some kicks. Goto continued, you know, his shit. Uh trying to hit the Kuroji Giroshi, finally hit it. Big ass fucking drop kick and a penalty kick. Followed up by fucking Goto. Then fucking Kenta hits him with a shotgun drop kick of his own. Kenta went for the go to sleep. Goto catches his leg and headbutted him to the ground. Kenta has a second win. He's about to, and then this is where these guys, man. I, I even put this up on my fucking Instagram. This shit was so hype. So Goto looks at Kenta and he just smacks the fuck out of him. Kenta looks like he goes into another fucking dimension. And these guys are slap, stiff slapping the shit out of each other for like five minutes straight. Kenta does one of my favorite shit. I love when he does this thing. Where they go to like, you know, they have the little slap contest or the punch contest. They go to hit him. He like dodges and like haymaker slaps fucking Goto. Goto fucking turns it into a fucking clothesline. Guys are beating the crap out of each other. 
Goto powers fucking through, hits the GTR, wins the Neverway Open Championship. I was very happy about this, especially what happened at night, you know. I was a little worried about Kenta losing his Neverway Open title a little soon, but I thought he's had a great reign. But I love Goto. Anytime Goto wins anything, I'm very fucking happy and ecstatic. Because Goto fucking deserves it. Goto's the fucking man, dude. Like, this guy's great. The shape he's got himself into, too? Crazy. Uh, singles match now. It is Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Loser versus loser, basically. And, oh, my God. This match. Uh, it started off, you know, pretty... Like, I always tell everybody. Give Jay White a chance to win you over. In his matches, don't expect right away going, Jay White's going 100 miles per hour trying to kill somebody. Jay White is a douche. He is a piece of shit when it comes to wrestling. This guy's a heel. That's why I appreciate him. So basically, he's avoiding Ibushi the whole fucking time. He's avoiding him. Leaning out. Using fucking Gato. Using everything that he can. Being the biggest piece of crap ever. You know, he's laying him down, laying him down. You know, the usual fucking heel bullshit. So this is where it gets fucking hype. I thought this was fucking fantastic. Uh, fucking, uh, also, I like the spot. I love the, when he does the complete shot into the deadlift German suplex. He goes for the Kiwi Crusher, get to fucking, I love how Gato is just, like, telling him what moves to do. He's like, pin him up, Kiwi Crusher, Kiwi Crusher. Fucking, he's about to go for the Blade Runner, but Ibushi blocks it with a big old high kick. And then Gato comes in with the chair. And this is where Ibushi again goes into that fucking world of his. Dude, oh my god. That was fucking awesome, dude. So fucking, this is my favorite spot. My favorite, I have two favorite spots in this match. I thought it was fantastic. So Gato hits him in the chair. Ibushi loses his fucking mind. He palm thrusts the fuck out of Gato in the chest. Right in the black heart, as they said. I thought it was a great commentary line. I thought commentary was on fire. Fucking both nights. But night two, they really turned it up. Like, they were, they were like selling everything so Ibushi's going in you know he's doing the shit where he doesn't give a fuck and fucking Jay White is like scared to fight him he doesn't want to fight him there's to a point where they're throwing forearms and he, every forearm Jay White throw does nothing but every he basically Jay White gets knocked down by one forearm but the crazy thing Ibushi's not even holding the side of his head or nothing you know like they usually do he's just stiff forearm him in the face and he, he, he keeps picking up Jay White, and he's telling him, hit me. Hit me. And he's picking him up like a baby, just saying, hit me. Do what you got to do. Hit me. Jay White, every time, he hits him three times. And each time, he gets knocked on his fucking ass. Jay White then comes in with the combination. He hits the two slaps on the, on the stomach. Goes with a big form. Ibushi looks him in the eye. No sells. Sells for like two seconds. And gives him the best clothesline I've seen in a while. Like, this is some Shingo Takagi shit right there. This dude just bombs him with a clothesline. I thought Jay White did, like, a fucking 450 splash on that shit. That was my favorite spot. Uh, we got another V-trigger spot here, too. That was fucking awesome. Gato's coming in. So, there was a fucking spot, too. This is my second favorite spot. So, he's about to go for the Kamigoye. Jay White's being a piece of shit. And he drops down. You know, he does that shit. I love, I love this spot. He drops down. Ibushi's just having none of it. So what does Ibushi do? You know how at the Kamigoya, he usually takes both guys' hands and he rubs his, you know, rams his knee into your face. He just doesn't even grab his hand. He just rams his knee as hard as he can to the face. That was disgusting. That was fucking fantastic. I loved it. So fucking Ibushi hits the powerbomb. The referee was knocked down. They count to a thousand. Uh, fucking... 
He finally goes in, hits the Kamagoya one more time, but Gato pulls the ref out the ring. Gato comes in again. Ibushi caught him. White used the momentum. Hit Ibushi with a chair. Hit the Blade Runner for the win. This went this went a long time too. This, I think this went like twenty five minutes or something like that. I want to say twenty five minutes to thirty minutes. I love this match because there was so much bullshit and shenanigans. Like at least Ibushi lost. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Ibushi lost. But at least he lost in style. Like, it took the whole fucking world to stop Ibushi. And, you know, the crowd was really into it. And they just, you could tell, they just felt so bad for Ibushi. I'm hoping Ibushi bounces back. Because seeing him take two big L's at Wrestle Kingdom. And he took one last year to fucking Will Ospreay. Like, I I just feel like Ibushi's kind of losing too much at Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I mean? But I thought this match was great. Again, fucking love Jay White. Love Cody Ibushi. But Jay White is just on a whole nother level of healing this, man. Not as much as uh, one of his Bullet Club partners. Ooh. But singles match. Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I'm not going to lie to you. I expected this match to be decent. But like I said, I'm stupid. Because I forget when Jericho goes to Wrestle Kingdom, this dude turned it up to a 1,000. This match was Kenny. It was fantastic. I thought his match was Naito. was a fucking... The best Jericho match all year, which is last year, you know what I mean? But I love this match. I love the promo package of Tanahashi making a comedic video. He was just, like, making fun of Chris Jericho playing guitar. He was wearing the pain maker clothes. Also, uh, Chris Jericho's fucking dub theme song is fucking awesome. That shit fire. So, this match was great. This match went... This match was long. This match had to be, like, 20, 30 minutes. This match was fantastic. I love it. And I don't know, I just like the dynamic here, fuck it. I just love some of the stuff they were doing. The whole time, Tanahashi's making fun of Jericho. Calling him, you know, doing the, come on, baby. He, you know, stealing his shit. He even does the fucking muscle flex, suplex that Jericho's made famous. But then Jericho, you got him calling him Bakahashi the whole fucking time. Which I think Baka means, like, stupid. So it's kind of, you know, stupid idiot. It kind of goes back to Jericho. I'm pretty sure it means, like, stupid or you're an idiot or something like that. So he's calling him Bakahashi. Uh, he does, he repeats the Naito spot from last year, the crazy DDT on the tables. Fucking, that was awesome. He fucking gave uh, Tanahashi a sick tombstone, like, look like DDT. Uh, Jericho goes, so Jericho's mocking the air guitar. This is getting some real good heat, too. I thought it was kind of funny how much heat this was getting. I'm like, man, people would take their Tanahashi really seriously. <laughs> so then he goes for a high fly flow. Ooh, not the greatest looking frog splash, Jericho. But I'm pretty sure it looked like that because he was going to miss. I'm pretty sure if he hit it, it wouldn't look so weird. So he goes for the frog splash, but fucking uh, Tanahashi blocks it. Tanahashi actually ends up hitting the code breaker on Jericho. I thought that was pretty sweet. Uh, so the whole time, I love how basically they're talking about the AEW championship. They show the AEW championship. They keep talking about AEW. So maybe there's hope one day there, you know what I mean? And basically saying, hey, if Tanahashi wins, he definitely most depths gets an AEW world title shot later on. So, like I said, I thought this match was fucking great. I thought this match, the crowd was so into it. That's what really helped this match, I think. So, Jericho's basically just being a dick. Like I said, he hits the DDT on Tanahashi or Bakahashi, whichever way you want to call it. Jericho went for the lion salt, but Tanahashi pushed him off the rope and they did a high fly flow to the outside. That was great. Uh, Jericho tried to hit him with the code breaker, but Tanahashi caught him, pushed him back, hit like 17 dragon screw leg whips, which I thought Jericho was funny. Cause like, I wish Jericho would have done a little bit or something. Cause he was just standing there going, no, stop, no, 
Stop. I was just like, come on, Jericho, sell that knee, boy. But he ends up selling the knee later on. Uh, Tanahashi blocks the Judas effect, but Jericho hit him with the Walt of Jericho, and he had him in the traditional Walt of Jericho, probably, I want to say, for like five minutes straight. Tanahashi's just fighting, getting up. Jericho puts him back down. Fighting, getting up. Jericho puts him back down. And the crowd is eating this fucking up, which I thought was great. So Tanahashi went for the high fly flow again after hitting a sling blade. Jericho stood up, hit the code breaker in midair, caught Tanahashi midair. Tanahashi blocks the juice effect again. He is not getting hit with that and then heads up, like I said, hitting a code breaker of his own. Jericho rolled through another high fly flow. He caught a midair, rolled through, uh, turned it into the walls of Jericho. Tanahashi again was fighting out of it. Jericho says, fuck it, locks in the lion tamer, and Tanahashi taps out clean. Jericho beat. Hiroshi Tanahashi clean as a whistle with a tap out. Crazy. Uh, I'm kind of happy Jericho won. Because, like I said, his New Japan status would have been kind of lame. Because he would have only had, like, what? A victory over Naito, a victory over Evil, and then that's it. The rest were just losses at Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm kind of glad he got a Wrestle Kingdom win. That's definitely, you know, I feel like that adds to Jericho when he comes back. Which, sadly, he doesn't know when he's coming back, because that was apparently Jericho's last New Japan date for a while, but who knows, you know what I mean? He might show up at New Year's Dash, start a rivalry like he always does. He might just be lying to all of us like he always does. Uh, then we get the main event, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, both the double championship match, the Suyanada versus Kazuchika Okada. These guys have had a history. They fought before in the Wrestle Kingdom. They fought two years ago, and each time Okada beat him and basically told him, you are not good enough, you won't be good enough. You know, basically Okada's been coming at Naito for a while. And I thought to myself the whole time, just like, there's no way they can deny Naito. Naito is getting cheered over Okada. Okada got booed like twice or three times in this match. You gotta do it. And that's exactly what they did. They gave Naito the fucking title. It's match clocked in, I think, at like 40 minutes almost, and... Fantastic. This was a great fucking match, but the problem is there's too many great matches that I enjoyed. You know what I mean? But this match had everything. It had the drama of everything. The only thing I wish for this match, I wish fucking the members were out, out with night. Like, Los Angeles were out there watching him. The only one that ended up helping later on was Bushi. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I like Bushi, but what the hell? where the hell is the rest of the squad at? That's the only thing I wish. He, he would have had, you know, the people watching him, like his guys with him. He brought them up later on in the promo, and I thought, it was, I thought Naito's post-match promo was fantastic. But before the two men even touched, the crowd was going insane. The bell rings. Like I said, this match to the side, both the dual champion for the first time ever. Uh, it's crazy. They haven't fought each other in one-on-one -on -one in two years. As the match began, Okada took advantage like he always do. Trying to go for Naito's neck. Uh, Naito briefly took control with his own neck attacks. Uh, but Okada hit a fucking big boot that made Naito go like fucking shooting star press style. Hit him so hard. Okada hit a reverse neck breaker. Diving elbow drop. You know, using his usual stuff. Rainmaker stuff. He goes for the Rainmaker pretty early, but that's not happening. Uh, this is this is just not the same Okada, basically. Okada was trying to put this shit away. Like, he was being a dick to Cody Ibushi on the night one. But he was just like, nah, I'm going to end this dude. You know what I mean? Naito dodges the Rainmaker attempt. But then Okada goes, uh-oh, it's time to hit him on the knees. Oh, my God. Because Naito shoot, Shootly has horrible fucking kneecaps. This guy tapes those knees, and that's not a shoot. That is, I mean, that is a shoot. Those knees are destroyed. And this motherfucker 
So fucking, what do they do? Of course, fucking uh, Okada drops him knee first on the commentator table. That looked horrible. Naito ended up only almost barely making the 20 count, which the crowd was also going nuts for. Okada destroyed him with a missile drop kick. Naito, as soon as he got in. Naito desperately turned the tables, though. He had a nice, beautiful satellite DDT with Gloria. Okada blocked the Destino. Uh, Naito blocked the Rainmaker after that. Naito hit the running Destino. Quick near fall. The crowd, like, died. Because I thought he actually had it there for a second. He attempted another one, but Okada dropped. They hit another beautiful drop kick. Naito blocked the Rainmaker. But it kind of did the... What, um, he ended up doing... I love when people do this to Okada. They cut, like, unique reversals for the Rainmaker. So what did he do? He just slapped him in the fucking face. He gave him the bitch maker for that fucking, uh, 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 fucking, um, oh my god, I hate when I forget people's names. Shibata ended up doing it. Shibata has the best counter to the Rainmaker in history. That's facts. Okada hit the tombstone, the spinning tombstone, Rainmaker, but Naito kicked out, and that was a good looking Rainmaker. Also hit the spinning Rainmaker, too. Okada basically... Picked him up for another tomb. So he basically told the crowd he's going to end it. He Okada's been doing this like sit out Mitsunoku driver tombstone to kill people. But Okada, I mean, Naito got out of it and he never got hit with it. Okada smashed Naito's knee against the mat four times and he got booed out the building for it. Because that, I, I don't aim at the man's knees. Okada hit a Rainmaker, held onto the wrist, hit another one. Naito countered the third Rainmaker into a Destino for another near fall. Naito body slammed Okada in the corner, and then Naito lost his mind. This motherfucker went for the shooting, Stardust press. The crowd lost their shit, because this is the move that cost Naito the match two years ago. It always costs Naito the match, and the motherfucker hit it. And what did they do? Motherfucking Okada kicked out. This is where I got pissed. Naito should have won with the Stardust press. I feel like... That would have been the perfect fucking finish to this painting. I don't know why they had Okada kick out of it. It's not like it's a fucking, you know, crazy move that no one's kicked out of. But it told the story of that's the move that screwed Naito. And it screws him every time. It screwed him in his match with AJ Styles. It screwed him in both his matches with Okada. Like, And I feel like winning with that move would have just been fucking perfect. So Naito hit a, Val a Valentina. Basically a Mitsunoku driver. Fucking into a tombstone, looks like it. Hit the Destino, and he wins fucking both titles. Like I said, this match was great. I love this match. I thought this match was good. I don't think it was better than their match two years ago, honestly. I thought their match two years ago was a lot better, but this was such a great match. This match had emotion. That's the only thing. It had a lot of emotion, but like I said, the, watch the match two years ago they had. It's crazy. So Naito, you know, he's doing the roll call. He's talking about all these guys, you know, he's saying he finally gets to close his out Wrestle Kingdom. He even says the good night, Wrestle Kingdom. The piece of shit Kenta comes out of nowhere, beats the shit out of him. GTS sits on his chest with both titles. I know a lot of people are pissed about this. You know, I thought Naito deserved his moment too. But hey, what a way to close out fucking Wrestle Kingdom with this man legit raining booze is like, not even good enough to describe the heat that fucking Kento is getting. Oh, don't mind me. That's my PlayStation. <laughs> but, yeah. Th there's no explaining the heat that fucking Kento was fucking getting. It was fantastic. 
I wish they would have not. I wish they would have just saved that for New Year's Dash. Honestly, that's a very New Year's Dashy angle where they basically tell you who the next contender is. You know, even though it's Jay White technically. You know, Bushi, like I said, he ended up coming out, helping out, but overall, Wrestle Kingdom as a whole was fantastic. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's hard to pick, but I think I enjoyed night one, because Cody Bushi and Okada was fucking magical, dude. The match was crazy. Hiromu and fucking Osprey was fantastic. Uh, the Texas Death match was really fucking good, because I'm really, really digging those guys, man, and, um... Yeah, but I'm going to have to give it night two to Juice and Moxley, man. I just I don't know. That match just did it for me. I was, like, hyped as fuck. And then Suzuki at the end. Come on. What more can you fucking want? You know what I mean? But that that's Wrestle Kingdom 2. Really. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom night two. All right. Whew, it's been a long New Japan coverage, man. But we're here. We're out here. New Japan, New Year's Dash. And I thought the show was good. It sadly didn't deliver how usually New Year dashes do with the big surprises, but it did what also New Year dashes do, which is set up all the upcoming rivalries. We started off with Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement, and this was some good stuff, man. All the wrestlers were out there. It was cool how it was like all baby faces too. I know the heels were out there. I thought it was like very like traditional. Tanahashi, man. Tanahashi is bawling out, crying out here. Not, ugh. Not gonna lie, it almost got me just to see Tanahashi cry. I'm just like, that's crazy. Uh, funny part when Okada takes a selfie, dude becomes a mark and he's just like, Can I have a selfie? I'm like, You look at Okada. Liger's wife and son give him flowers. That was a really cool moment. That you can tell, like, Liger was bawling his fucking eyes out under that mask. His son was bawling his eyes out. That was good stuff. Before the ceremony even started, they played this amazing fucking promo package showcasing. The whole career of Jushin Thunder Liger. So fucking good. So fucking great. Antonio Noki comes in a fucking video. There's a fucking name you hear a lot when you hear New Japan Pro Wrestling in the beginning. And cuts a video, you know, saying how, you know, it's happening. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. His mom is in very bad health. To, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger said. But she was there. And his last match at Wrestle Kingdom, and she is here tonight watching his retirement. I think that's pretty cool, man. Dude's like almost like, you know, 60 years old. He's like, you know, around 55 or around 50, around there. And his fucking mom is there watching his fucking whole career unfold. A 30-something year career. I think that's pretty cool. You know, as a man who has lost his uh, father, it's pretty nice to see when you have your, like, parents there still that old. That was always my dream, you know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. Uh, Young Lions, Sex Man, Tag Team, pretty good stuff there, you know. Young Lions, uh, they showcase, they beat the crap out of each other, it's always good stuff. El Desperado ends up picking up the pin in the four-way match. Uh, Suzuki Gun is getting another title shot. He actually pinned up Yo and Bushi, ended up hitting the mist on the wrong person, so... Eh, I wouldn't have picked, you know, uh, Suzuki Gun to get the title shot. I would have rather see someone else, maybe a rematch of Ishimori... And El Fantasmo, because they're the shit. But, eh, what are you going to do? Kota, Tanahashi, and Finn Juice versus Bullet Clubs, Gorillas of Destiny, Bad Luck Fale, and Chase Owens. And uh, this was a great match. Uh, Sling Blade, Ibushi with the finish, with the Kamigoye for the win. Just a good match here. Uh, fucking Finn Juice is fucked, as I said. David Finley's reaction says it all. So Tanahashi gets on the mic, and he's just like, hey, you... Me, 
and Kota. Let's do it. So Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi are a tag team now, I guess. You know, I'm glad Kota Ibushi got the win here after taking two hard L's in a row. But yeah, basically, Finn Juice is fucked. How are you going to beat the team of Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi? Finn Juice better get a fucking gun at this point if they have a chance to win. Uh, Evil, this was my favorite fucking match. I feel like this match could have been at Wrestle Kingdom. This match was so good. It was Evil and uh, fucking Shingo versus Goto and Ishii. And even when they announced this match, this match got a big old pop. What can I say? Just best match on the show. Crazy beatdown. Shingo is a fucking animal who just kills people. Ishii is an animal. Goto is an animal. They fucking start having this crazy headbutt trade-off. Like, Goto and Shingo. So many fantastic clotheslines. Shingo gets the pin on fucking Goto, which means he pins the champions. Guess what that means? You know what I mean? What should happen in New Japan, which I love this happening in all wrestling. If someone pins the champion in a non-title match, guess what? They become they get a title shot. Just just a great fucking match. Uh, Okada, Will Ospreay, and Robbie Eagles and Yoshihashi, my favorite guy, my favorite jobber, uh, versus uh you know Vance, Lance Archer, whatever you want to call them, uh versus Suzuki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Junior. Time just tap out. Uh, DQ, Taichi hit Okada with the iron glove that got donated to him or passed down to him. Uh, Will and Zach go at it, which I'm like, holy fuck, we're going to get Will Ospreay and Zach, uh, Zach Sabah Jr. I'm fucking happy. Good to see Will's doing okay after that scare with the leg injury, though. John Mox comes out, and the place goes nuts. Suzuki is excited as fuck. This is the best part of the show, too, also. They're going at it. They start trading shots. And then they start smacking the fuck out of each other. And I give Moxley credit. I think Moxley got the better of this slap fest. Oh my god. He slapped Suzuki so hard. Oh, that was fantastic. Fantastic. Hit the Death Rider. Took him out. And Suzuki's laughing on the floor while Moxley leaves. I I just can't wait for this match. It's going to be fan-fucking-tastic. Main event time. It is uh, Naito and Sonata. Versus Kenta and Jay White. Uh, Sonata ends up rolling up Jay White. Oh yeah, Sonata rolls up Jay White. Uh, Jay White load blows Sonata. Naito and uh, Sonata are taken out. Jay White and Kenta pretty much beat the beats to these dudes. And Sonata and Jay White sign me up. Naito and Kenta, I'm okay with that. Basically all the feuds are set up. No big surprises, just, you know, straightforward. Feud A, Feud B, Feud, which I'm like, okay, I'm okay with. I'm really excited for Zack Sabre Jr. and Osprey. That's probably the number one I'm excited for. Next to, of course, Moxley and uh, fucking Suzuki, which is the match that I wanted from day one. But like I said, New Year's Dash was good. The Liger stuff was very emotional. It was really good stuff to see. Like I said, I have not followed Jushin Thunder Liger's career, but I've always known who he is, of course. This is Jushin fucking Thunder Liger. So, uh, I don't know. That stuff hit hard. Like I said, seeing Tanahashi cry and seeing how much these guys care for him was really nice. And seeing his family there. You know, that story about his mom really hit hard with me. But I thought overall New Year's Dash was a decent show. It wasn't the greatest, you know what I mean? But coming from those two amazing godlike Wrestle Kingdoms, I can't complain. You know what I mean? I can't complain. 
But alright, that is, uh, hopefully that wasn't too long, you know, a lot of the New Japan took uh, a lot of my time, but I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Wrestle Kingdom time is usually my favorite time next to G1 time, you know what I mean? Makes me very happy to be a wrestling fan around that time, you know. But Raw's doing its thing, I guess. Uh, AEW's rolling, you know what I mean? Uh, it's doing really damn good. SmackDown is an abomination that needs to be burnt. <laughs> and New Japan continues to do good. Hopefully this relationship between AEW and New Japan happens. They need each other, man. They need each other. They need big stuff like that. And made to AEW having all these crossovers, man. So... I, I think it's going to be a good year for wrestling, hopefully. I think so. Well, AEW, New Japan side, you know what I mean? And NXT, of course. NXT is fan-diddly-tastic. Uh, NXT was a clip show, basically talking about the greatest rivalry, so that's why I didn't review it this week. But it'll be back next week. But that's it for me. I'll catch you guys next time. UUSK92 on the fan page, on everything else, on the YouTube channel, bkdragon92 at yahoo.com. For any of your questions, please hit me up. Uh, like, subscribe, follow everything you can. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. Like I said, I really want this podcast to be a thing. You know what I mean? I missed a couple. I missed a couple episodes when I was down and out, almost dying, but I'm back, and I really enjoyed doing this. So that's it for me. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.